0: Welcome to Career EQ, a podcast series focused on helping students navigate the beginning and early stages of their business careers. Your host, John Quinn, is a senior lecturer and director of the CPG Immersion Program at the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. In each episode, we dive into a topic facing young professionals in today's ever-changing business environment. While John may not be an expert in all of these areas, its academic and corporate partner guests certainly are. That being said, let's dive into our topic for today and meet this episode's guest.
1: Today's episode is the next installment of a sort of sub-series of Career Q, where we dive into different disciplines offered in business schools and to better understand different paths within that career and what a day in the life may look like. Today's discipline is human resources, or commonly referred to as HR. Today's guests are Mara Comet, HR strategist at On The Mark Consulting, and Ty Shepfer, Senior Lecturer in Human Resources and Academic Director of the Master of Human Resources Management Program here at the Fisher College of Business. Welcome and thank you for being our guest at Career EQ. Mara, please introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about On The Mark Consulting and what you do there.
2: Hi, John. Thank you so much for having me today. On The Mark Consulting is a boutique HR consulting firm where we offer fractional HR services as well as HR strategy to companies across a wide spectrum of of industries as well as where they're at in their growth journeys. So I'm working with software development companies, I'm working with PE-backed firms, and I'm working with more established mid-sized companies. So I'm excited to share what we do and some perspectives on HR today.
1: Great. Sounds really interesting. Um, For some of our listeners out there who might not understand fractional services, what does that mean? I mean, are you only doing half the job?
2: Fractional services are for companies that are in the space of growing, right? And maybe they don't need a full-time HR leader and somebody to help them work through HR strategy. And maybe they have a an administrative HR person that's doing the hiring, that's supporting some of their basic daily processes, but they're not ready to invest in having a chief people officer yet, but they really need somebody that can help them think through strategy and how they align their business strategy to their people strategy and how they can scale their business for growth. And so that's where I come in. Um, I have clients that I work with 20 hours a week. I have clients that I work with on a project basis. I have clients that have a certain amount of time that they allocate, uh, based on whatever challenge they may be going through.
1: So before you formed on the mark consulting, what did you do before that?
2: Prior to that, I worked at Great Lakes Cheese, where I was a chief people officer for six years, and I helped grow and scale their business. So when I started, we were a two ha- $2.5 billion business and 2,000 employees, and we scaled the business to about a $4.5 billion business and 4,100-plus employees.
3: Great. Ty, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure, so thanks for having me on today, John. A little more about me, prior to coming and joining the faculty here at the Fisher College of Business, I was in industry working at Shell Oil Company, had various roles over about the course of seven years as an HR generalist, working in Houston, Pittsburgh, and most recently in New Orleans, Louisiana, where I was the HR manager for Shell's Gulf of Mexico operations and assets was an awesome experience, but I'm really enjoying being on the faculty here at Fisher. How long have you been at Fisher? Since 2015. Oh, excellent, excellent.
1: Yeah, I started here in 2016 as an as adjunct, but uh, just full-time here now, three years. So, Mara and Ty are joining us here at Career EQ today to discuss career paths in the field of human resources. Ty, how would you broadly define human resources as a discipline,
3: and what do HR professionals actually do? Sure, so this one's hard to answer because... It is so broad in nature, and if I, if I could put one sentence to it, I think of HR as figuring out how to unlock human potential, and that can look a lot of different ways, so how do we hire the best talent? Once we have them, how do we retain them? How do we develop them and grow them? And then even as they exit the organization, how are we transitioning knowledge to make sure that our current employees are equipped to solve whatever problems that we're facing?
1: Great. Yeah, so the HR sometimes gets a little bit of a bum rap. often associated with the more stressful interactions that an employee might have with an organization, things like compensation, negotiation, rejection, or worse, you know, termination. But it's much more than hiring and firing. Help our listeners dispel that overly simplistic stereotype.
2: Uh, For me, HR is a strategic business partner. And I think I developed those skills and that mindset in my first job at GE in their aviation business, where I built my foundational HR skills. And being able to have foundational HR skills, like you just referenced the hiring, the firing, the employee relations um, it really enables you to then step above that and really look at HR and people from a more strategic view. And so, As I think about HR strategy, I step back and ask myself and the organization, do you have the right talent, skills, and capability in your organization to win and to really help realize your business strategy? For me, it's been an important part of my career being partners with the CEO and the executive leaders. I'm able to give them coaching. I'm able to give them advice. I'm able to brainstorm with them how we manage and problem solve some of the organization's biggest challenges. Because at the end of the day, our biggest asset and our most important asset is our people. And our people will help to solve those challenges and help to move our businesses forward. So I look at the role of HR as being a strategic business partner.
3: Yeah. And what I would also add is when we look at Fortune 500 CEOs today, when they're surveyed and asked, what are their most pressing challenges and where are they spending the majority of their time? By and large, they are saying that it's HR related. So how can we as a human resources function support the leaders in the organization to take on these people challenges and, and deal with this war of talent?
1: We, let's dive in a little bit, because you talked about contributing to strategy and helping a corporation or company realize its strategy. Uh, tell me a little more about that.
2: Yeah, so um, I'll, I'm going to make this one a little bit more tactical, but I am going to be facilitating it, facilitating an offsite in Aruba in a couple weeks with a leadership team that is PE-backed and focuses in the software solution space for uh, construction management. And we're getting that team together because they've grown 30 to 40% year over year, and they still have an incredible opportunity to upsell to their customers and to cross-sell different products that they have. And so we're going to deep dive with a team to talk about what are some of the challenges that they face, what are the mindsets that they're bringing to those customer conversations... What resources do they need and how will they align as a team to continue to grow and execute in this coming year?
1: Great. So um, you talked a little bit about helping teams become more effective and make uh, helping disciplines become more effective in their work. Uh, so how, how do you go about
3: doing that? So, yeah, that's a great question and one that HR faces on a daily basis with the different teams that they support And I think where HR needs to lean in a lot more is evaluating the strengths and weaknesses within a team and getting the leaders to effectively leverage the team's strengths and then recognizing what gaps they have, and then HR can help fill those gaps. That could be through training and development or bringing somebody from the outside or even inside the organization onto the team. So
1: when some of those gaps are identified, uh, what what can HR professionals do to help kind of coach and guide those individuals or those teams to improve their capabilities? Like how do you partner with them to take them to the next level?
2: Yeah, for me, I always have a set of tools in my toolbox is what I call it. And I'm of this mindset to be a continuous learner. So I would tell everybody, contrary to, what profession you're in, um, what career path you're choosing. The whole idea of continuous learning is incredibly important, especially as we look at the rate of change and how fast things are are changing. I think about my last role as a head of HR for a business for six years. It was focused on growth. And at times it felt really hard to look outside of my job and my role. And I had to carve out time and make sure that I was um, proactively seeking this whole idea of continuous learning. So that's the first thing I would say to leaders and individuals is you have to have a continuous learning mindset. But then for me as an HR leader, The way that I can bring value to the individuals is through understanding their challenges, their issues, their pain points, and then stepping back and saying, okay, so how can I help them? Um, How can we deep dive? And how can we relate to people on a human level? Because... It's one thing to have all of these beautiful ideas and, and jargon, um, but it's another when somebody connects with the work that you're doing and they want to engage with it and they want to adopt those skills and capabilities to move forward. So I think it's really stepping back and understanding what are the tools that you can use, how do you appeal to the individuals, and how do you make sure that whatever you're going to do is going to be impactful and effective uh, to drive the results that you're looking for.
3: And the the one thing that I would add to that is within an organization, what is the culture around continuous learning and development? And are we rewarding it? So at the end of a calendar year where an employee is being assessed, are we recognizing them for seeking opportunities where they're learning and growing? And are, are those employees that are taking advantage of those opportunities moving up within the organization? Because that will set the tone for others to fill their gaps as well. So, Ty, you mentioned continuous
1: learning. Mark, talk a little bit about the importance of continuous learning, maybe not just within HR, but overall as a business professional.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, continuous learning is incredibly important. And I look at continuous learning personally, but then also in helping to grow and develop the next generation of talent, right? If you're a student and going into a marketing career, an HR career, a finance career, whatever it might be, I encourage you to constantly think about how you are growing yourself. Everything is rapidly changing in the world that we live in. And it's really easy to get into a career and to get into a job and feel like you're busy learning your job and you want to perform. But what I would encourage students to do is make sure you look up Make sure you're asking questions and you recognize what's out there, what's happening in your industry, in your field, and that you're seeking out those opportunities to learn. For me, when I'm working out, I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast. When I'm driving in the car, I try to grab these moments where I can leverage um, the opportunity to learn about what's going on, whether it be in my industry, in my field or even just things that are happening that I have an interest in. So I encourage you to recognize that we all have the ability to continuously learn. It doesn't matter where you're at in your career, if you're stepping into a brand new role or a brand new career out of college, or you're the CEO of a company. We all have the opportunity to learn from each other. And as you navigate your careers, I hope you'll look at it from that mindset.
3: So a few things that I would add to that, too, in terms of resources that I have been able to leverage that I recommend to others is just right here in Columbus, we have Heraco, the Human Resources Association of Central Ohio, and we also have the Columbus Compensation Association. These are for students and professionals to go deeper into the field. And the big benefit of that is you're getting to hear from people across industries and many different organizations who are facing the same or very similar challenges and you're getting to understand how they're tackling it and you can basically take what they have learned any mistakes that they've made and incorporate it into your business. And then on the the global level and in the national level there is a society for human resources Associate, human there is a society for human resource management and they constantly have conferences with excellent content where you can keep up with what's going on in the world as it relates to HR.
1: So we also talked a little bit about culture we touched upon about that what is the role of human resources in
3: developing fostering reinforcing culture within an organization so i really think of hr as the guardian of culture and the organization that needs to set the tone for the rest of the company there's a quote that I use with so many leaders that I think is really helpful, and it is the worst behavior in an organization that is tolerated sets the tone for the culture within that organization. That's well put. I never heard of that, but I like it. So so when we see something that is deteriorating the culture of the organization, we have to be willing to call it out and to kind of course correct. Because if we let things perpetuate, which we typically do, it just gets worse and worse with time till something ultimately cracks.
2: I couldn't agree with you more, Ty. And as a CHRO of a company, one of the things that I reflect on quite a bit is you know, leadership needs to role model the behaviors that you expect in your culture, right? Every single person in the organization needs to role models, the appropriate values and behavior. And, uh, if you have one person that's not doing that or 10 people that are not doing that, it starts to deteriorate the culture and create dysfunction and confusion for employees in the organization. So For me, I look at HR, as Ty said it beautifully, as a guardian or a culture keeper is how I've always said it. But I also look at my role as an opportunity to coach others because we're all humans living in a human world and we make mistakes. And I think that's important that everybody recognizes HR isn't just a culture keeper. Every person that steps in that door and is An employee and a leader has a role in ensuring that they're bringing culture to life through their day-to-day interactions, through their behaviors, through their language, through their approach.
3: This is what ultimately attracted me to the field of HR is how do you get an organization to align on behaviors that are going to drive a positive culture and as a young professional within the field, you get very high level exposure to senior leaders in the organization. And the way I like to think about it is if, if we as a young HR professional are able to coach a leader just ever so slightly to change their behavior and they do that, that could impact hundreds, maybe even thousands of employees. So the, the opportunity for change is really massive within the field.
1: So Mara, what attracted you to HR originally and what do you think makes a good HR professional?
2: I was originally attracted to HR. Honestly, I had a business degree from, I got a business degree at Fisher. And when I was there, I actually worked at Abercrombie & Fitch in their corporate headquarters for 20 hours a week while I was an undergrad at the same time. And that was back in 2006. And so they were at a really different place than they are today. But what was unique about the experience as I worked next to the VP of, of HR, the VP of compensation, the VP of talent acquisition in a really open setting, and I got exposure to different areas of HR. And that kind of solidified my interest in HR. And so between my junior and senior year, I did an internship at Whirlpool Corporation, which was a very different culture, a very different way of of working. And I think as a student, that was a good experience for me because I experienced HR in different cultures and had the ability to step back and say, what do I like about each of these organizations? What don't I like about each of these organizations? And given that what do I want to do in terms of my career? And so I made a choice then to go back and get a master's in human resources and in- industrial labor relations, which I feel like was an important part of my journey. Um, and from there, what I saw was the role that HR could play in helping to support people in the organization and to help organizations grow. And HR is a very vast, um, a very vast Area of focus because, you know, in a day to day, I could be working on something with compensation to then talking to an hourly employee on the floor and working with the CEO on how we're going to communicate our five year business strategy. Those are very different activities. Um, encouraging me to use very different parts of my brain. And so for me, I love the diversity that HR offered. I love the opportunity to connect directly with our employees, but at the same time, be an effective business partner. So those are some of the reasons that I chose the HR field um, and reflecting back, you know, 15 plus years in. It's been a great career that I, um, if you would have asked me 15 years ago what it was going to look like, I probably wouldn't have painted this picture, but I think that's the beauty of any career is you set goals, you work toward achieving those goals, and along the way you kind of ask yourself and reflect about what you like, what you don't like, what makes sense for you personally and professionally.
3: And John, for me, I started out in accounting and no disrespect to the accountants out there, but it's very black and white in accounting. You're either wrong or you're right. And I really enjoyed the gray that is involved in in human resources because anytime you're dealing with humans, it's messy. And what works in some organizations or for some people may not work for, for others. And I like to operate in that world. And that, that really drew me in. How about like specific skill sets?
1: What, what type of skills do you need to be uh, successful in human resources?
2: Personally, I think you need strong interpersonal skills. You need to have high ability to assess individuals and high emotional intelligence. Um the ability to be a strong communicator and a flexible communicator. So you could be communicating with people across different backgrounds, different industries, different areas of specialty. So for me, um, the the skills that have been most important are probably clear thinking skills, solid communication skills, interpersonal skills, and emotional intelligence.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with all of those, Mara. And and one thing that I would add is for all H- HR professionals, it's table stakes to have the, the business knowledge and business acumen to be able to build rapport with the leaders who you're supporting. So a baseline knowledge of finance, accounting, operations, marketing is incredibly important so that you can speak the language with those that you're supporting. And if you really lack that side of it, it's going to be hard to push the HR initiatives forward that you would like. So we're kind of playing off of that uh, knowledge of different disciplines,
1: what are some long, longer-term career paths for HR? If you start your career in HR, What are some options for you as you grow and mature in your career?
2: Yeah, so for me, what I've loved about HR is, and I think it's really important when you're setting the foundation. So as you're finishing undergrad or finishing a master's degree, I think you ask yourselves, how do I get some of those foundational skills? So how do I build my employee relations skills? How do I build my investigative skills? Um, and so I started my my first job at GE Aviation was at my first two jobs were in plants. One was a non-union plant. The second one was a unionized plant. I learned how to do union negotiations, the grievance process, uh, union avoidance, et cetera. And I think those were good foundational skills. As I grew in my career, I was really thoughtful to build certain depth in the different disciplines of HR. So for example, I spent time working for the Vice President of Compensation and Benefits at GE and I was responsible for three variable incentive compensation plans. That served me into the future as a head of HR because it made me sort of competent in understanding what I didn't know and what I needed to reach out to seek other support from. Um, And so what I would tell you is, It's great to kind of get diversity in your HR career, career, spend a little bit of time in talent acquisition, spend a little time in compensation benefits, and then um, you can grow into larger business partner roles, heads of HR roles, and have this broad-based skill set to be effective and successful.
3: Yeah, I agree with that. And what I would also say within the field, there's generally two paths. You You could specialize, to Mara's point, or you could be more of an HR generalist. And it's not to say that you can't navigate back and forth. But you do need to decide at some point if you want to have your own niche within the field or if you like the variety. I personally have always liked the variety. So touching many different parts of HR, but there are special tracks where you could just do labor relations or compensation and benefits or recruitment or training and development, both both avenues, you can rise up very high in the organization, but ultimately your your kind of ceiling point, at least for most companies, is that chief HR officer kind of role?
1: Very good. So um, is there a possibility to be eventually rise to CEO and or, or is it and is that somewhat dependent on the industry and category that you may be more likely to do that in HR than other industries or categories?
2: Yeah, I mean, I saw. Uh, you know, I was in the dairy industry prior to this and um, CPG as well. And there's many CEOs that have come um, and spent some time being HR leaders, and I think that makes them even better CEOs because they understand the people side, they understand the business side. Um, And they can balance all of those factors as they're making decisions to move the business forward. So I personally know some CEOs that were heads of HR at different points in their career and or really high-level business leaders that spent a few years in an HR function um, to build depth. So. I think within HR, you don't have to stay in HR forever. Uh, You can certainly be the CEO of a company and or you can make a choice to do something completely different as well. Like for example, something that I'm working on right now is I'm doing research in specific areas in HR on the topics of burnout and boundaries in addition to my job because I think those are areas of emerging interest that the research could be incredibly valuable to help leaders in the future. So something that I would tell you all is even if you choose a path, there's not one linear path. It's up to you to kind of get diversity of experiences and figure out where your interests lie over time. And those may flex as you continue to grow in your personal life and professional life.
1: Yeah, I uh, always kind of the impression that uh, the skill set that's required to be successful in HR is very transferable, that you're not typically locked in any particular industry or category, that you can make transitions into different uh, into different businesses types and different industries because it is so universally needed and such a, an important cornerstone of any organization. Um, so how has HR changed over the past five to 10 years? And I would be remiss if I didn't ask the, the follow-up question
3: that. How is AI gonna impact the discipline? With all fields, we're facing this, this what the United States military would call a VUCA world, V-U-C-A. That's volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous time. Okay, I got a little worried there because there's a lot of
1: military acronyms that have expletives in them.
3: Ah, no. So, okay. No, no expletives that one didn't. here. Thank you. We're, we're gonna, we could have to edit that out if you did. <laughs> so with this kind of acceleration of change, obviously the field of HR is changed. And I'll just cite two kind of specific examples to kind of bring this point to to life, is right now in the United States, 10,000 baby boomers are retiring every single day for the next decade. And what that means for organizations is we have this exodus of knowledge and talent walking out the door. And a lot of companies don't know how to capture that knowledge. So what tools or instruments are in place to transfer that knowledge and what type of succession planning exists to make sure that we can fill those gaps as people are retiring. The other I would say is just this tsunami of data. Data is, is everywhere, but how we use it in a confident and respectable way where we're respecting people's privacy is all important and and using data about our employees to make thoughtful decisions about their futures with the company is something that I see a lot more happening right now in the field as it relates to HR analytics.
2: And I'll certainly give you a perspective on AI. i um, I was I spent last week in Austin, Texas attending a an intimate CHRO roundtable with the senior vice president of HR from Salesforce and the head of HR from Zoom, the head of HR from McGaffey, Alert Media, Q2, as well as BlackRock and some other companies. And, you know, the things that we were talking about is it's clear from an HR standpoint that we don't know what we don't know yet as it relates to our AI journeys. There is clear that leaders have concerns about risk and security and governance when it comes to using AI for employees, as well as, you know, what's the collaboration needed between HR, IT, security? Um, How do people use chat GPT? Are they sharing intellectual property or information accidentally? Um, We talked a lot about what are organizational models going to look like um, to support AI? And is your chief technology officer the same person that's going to be leading your AI strategy? How do your roles change in the space of AI? Because previously, we needed a lot of people to do coding. And now, AI is going to cut that in half, right? So we'll need people to do um, data input, and then we'll and put it into the AI technology, it'll spit it out, we'll need people to validate the data, look at the quality of what's come out, and then strategists. So how do we prepare our workforces to continue to build their skills around AI? And so I would throw that out to all of you, right? Where are you at on your personal journey to understand AI, to understand the tools that are out there, how you can leverage it for productivity and efficiency, while balancing this whole idea of, um, of ensuring that you're not, um, sharing anybody's intellectual property or privacy of the companies that you're a part of.
1: Well, Ty Mara, thank you so much for taking time out on this unseasonably beautiful day in uh, central Ohio and joining me in the dark catacombs of the Fisher College of Business at our studio here. I really enjoyed having you at EQ. Thanks for having us.
2: Thank you for having
1: us, John. So, keep an eye out for future episodes in our Career Paths and Business subseries, with soon upcoming episodes in operations and finance, amongst others.
0: Please check the webpage for additional related links and resources on this topic. Career EQ is brought to you by the Fisher College of Business at The Ohio State University. We'd like to thank our production crew, including our producer, Doug Carraway, for making this possible, and the Office of Career Management. Dedicated to supporting our business school students in the launch of their careers. See you next time at Career EQ.